welcome everyone to this episode of the Perfect Par Podcast. In today's episode, I am joined by entrepreneur Roger Nick. Roger, thanks for joining me today. You bet, Carter. Thanks for having me. I'm quite honored to be on your show. And uh, after hearing all the things that you have going on or you're doing, I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling a little insecure right now. <laughs> well, uh, so for the people who don't know who you are, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh wow. Um, you know, that's always hard. Uh, so, so for me, um, as you said, uh, you know, started the junior golf hub, uh, it's been now going on five years. Um, that was actually spawned from my, uh, one of my original ventures in the golf business with, which is the golf performance center. Um, and that was spawned from my years of being a PGA professional and traveling and working with a lot of junior golfers across the country. And, and hearing, you know, that uh, it's it's hard to kind of go anywhere and have all the training things that you want in one place. And uh, myself being a collegiate athlete and an athlete most of my life, I always, uh, you know, felt it was uh, so much easier to develop or at least get, uh, you know, better when you knew all the pieces of the puzzle. And uh, so, one of the things I, I, I really wanted to try to do when I created the Golf Performance Center is like find out what are the what are the pieces, what are the elements, and you know my whole life I've been, you know, very fortunate to have some great mentors in my life that's that's helped guide me and create some uh, what I call my uh, foundational principles, if you will, or the five elements of success, which is really kind of uh, you know my my desire to want to improve myself kind of as you were saying earlier you just you want to learn and make connections and um very kind of entrepreneurial but really kind of curious right so i i really kind of start with that first element of curiosity of uh, wanting to improve and, and and get better daily um and then it's you know having good mentors around me good coaches good people that have guided me and and then it's uh can I physically do all the things that I'm asking myself to do and, you know, able to do. And, you know, I talk about this a lot in our uh, golf performance center, which is function dictates form. And then I've got to have the mental capacities to understand failure is part of success. And, you know, having a growth mindset, how important it is to be able to, you know, take the things that we do uh, on a daily basis and, and continue to learn and not, uh, and not be surprised necessarily that, uh, something doesn't work, but in, in quite honestly, it's uh, maybe sometimes surprised that it does work. Yeah. Um, and, and then having the right tools, right? So you got to always have the right tools. Like, uh, you know, for example, you starting this podcast last year and, and learning how to do that and learn how to do it well and, and learning how to ask questions and so forth. And uh, just uh, having the right tools. And, you know, I, you know, those five elements that I consider the five elements of success are really just been, you know, my guiding principles uh, through my learning in, in, in my life. And uh, so with that being said, I started the Golf Performance Center trying to put all of those things in one place for aspiring young athletes. Uh, it wasn't just golfers. It wasn't just, you know, football, the baseball players that I was around, but just really anybody who who had that um, uh, ambition to want to to be better. And so that's really kind of what the golf performance center about. And, and like I said, starting the, you know, with uh, the junior golfers around uh, and hearing the questions all over the country, really all over the world. When you see international parents, you know, they, they ask the same questions, you know, where do I start? How do I start? Where do I go? How do I get into college? What, what do I need to do? And all of those things really kind of led me to, you know, just writing down all those questions and then trying to create answers. Okay. Well, what, how do we solve that problem? And the junior golf hub was, you know, kind of that answer, you know, I wanted to create a, a, a trusted resource an educational platform that uh, would allow people to, you know, be able to look those things up and find uh, that information. And, uh, and then for young athletes and uh, to create profiles so that they can connect to other people around the country, i.e. golf coaches at uh, schools. And we created that, you know, platform uh, for the golf coaches to, again, being able to uh, seek and find and connect with young, you know, aspiring athletes who want to go play college golf somewhere. Um, and it really has helped the parents, obviously, the most, because this is the most challenging thing that they're going to do uh, in many ways is just how do they help launch their kids uh, successfully into 
um, into their lives and in college being a big part of that experience. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we are. <laughs> yeah. So on the golf performance center website, you describe yourself as a sports performance specialist. Why mm-hmm. do you call yourself that? And really, how did you, how did you get there? Yeah, no, great, uh, great question. So again, my background, um, I didn't play golf growing up. I was actually, I played just about every other sport uh, that you can play uh, being in the Southeast. I grew up in uh, a little town uh, outside of Danville, Virginia. And uh, so it was uh, important to me that, uh, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to be an athlete and I wanted to, you know, to be a major league baseball player or an NFL football player. That was my, that was my dream. And, um, you know, not, not blessed athletically. Um, I, I had to work really hard <laughs> and it's, uh, really doesn't bode well if you want to be one of those aspiring, uh, athletes, uh, if you're not that athletic. Yeah. So, uh, to, to what I was saying earlier is I was, I was blessed to have some good coaches around me to help me understand what it was I could do and what it, I couldn't do. And, a lot of that boiled down to, you know, again, function dictates form. How do, how do I develop, you know, athleticism? How do I develop the mindset? And um, as I as I progressed through, I, I became actually a pretty decent high school player. I was uh, recruited to play both uh, baseball and, and uh, football in college. Uh, ended up going to Elon College in North Carolina, which uh, was a great experience for me. Um, I played both football and baseball there my freshman year and then transitioned only into baseball for my last three years there. And uh, while there, I, I really had an interest in, again, human performance. And uh, I took a lot of class in my, my, you know, education is in exercise science and biomechanics. And um, it really was a, a huge interest of mine just to, you know, how do we work? How do we, how do we move well? Um, and really what it uh, came down to is I went, then I, I thought I was going to go to physical therapy school and and baseball kind of got in the way. I, I got an opportunity to go into minor league baseball, be a general manager and uh, had a free agency opportunity. And, you know, you just, you know, kind of thought, you know, little you know guy like myself, not very athletic. I couldn't pass up, you know, those opportunities. So right. I took that route. Um, and, you know, kind of from that, you know, I traveled all over the country, you know, did, you know, and through baseball and, just watch athletes and watch people develop. And I really started to understand or learn that, wow, you know, there's, there's a big disconnect between, you know, uh, the, the top athletes and what we are considered not the top athletes. And, and really there's such a fine line. uh, If, you know, those, those young athletes were given opportunities for development and not just the athletes who were picked uh, early on, uh, kind of that early developer and, you know, and, and I, you know, that kind of really sparked an interest in me in learning more about human performance as a, in general and learning. Uh, so when I talk about, you know, as a performance coach, I really uh, go beyond just the golf side of things. I really go into, you know, athletic development, you know, personal development. And, uh, and then obviously, you know, how does that, uh, how does that relate to skill acquisition to other sports and, you know, again, back to what I found through one of my mentors, Greg Cook, who created the functional movement screen systems and mm-hmm. Lee Burton um, was it all comes back down to foundationally. How do we move? Yeah. You know, function dictates form. How does it, you know, neurologically, you know, how do we connect? So um, I got into that very uh, well, 20 plus years ago now. And, and it's really been interesting to see how what I thought was going to end up being just a primary golf career um, after, you know, getting out of baseball, professional baseball, um, how it, it, it's the basis to pretty much everything that we do. Um, so I, yeah. I kind of follow the, you know, Gray Cook and those guys around at FMS and, and learn and watch the, how, they, how they were, you know, working with all these different athletes around the country and, uh, and just saw that, Hey, you know, pretty much, uh, as human beings, we we're built to move. Well, hopefully, built to move well, and, and as long as we actually maintain, you know, certain uh, 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 integrity of, of our you know kind of system, if you will, our, our uh, neurological system, our physiological system. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of what that, that's kind of what prompted me to kind of you know stay in quote unquote the, the performance you know 
you know, area, not just a, not just a golf coach. I, I am a PGA professional, but, uh, you know, I, I actually worked with, you know, all kinds of athletes, uh, for, for the last, you know, 20 plus years. Yeah. So with all, with golf performance center, junior golf hub and all that, which we'll get to here uh, a little later, but you're definitely an entrepreneur. Uh, what made you decide to create and run businesses as opposed to working a, a you know, normal nine to five job? <laughs> uh, let's see. I'd probably, uh, honestly, it's, um, you know, watching my parents as I was growing up, my parents were, um, you know, I would say entrepreneurs, uh, themselves, a lot of mostly because they were, um, uneducated. They, they got into the workforce. Uh, they, they kind of made their own way. My mom was a, a beautician and kind of then created her own, uh, salon and then, you know, kind of trained and, and, you know, uh, opened up multiple salons at one point and then she actually got sick. And then my dad was, uh, you know, in the armed forces and kind of came out, you know, uh, not having a high school degree, really kind of worked a lot of different jobs and then started, uh, you know, as a, as a builder, a contractor, you know, did all the trade schools and, and became a tradesman really. And, uh, just an excellent, uh, work ethic really, uh, just continued to develop himself over time and, and created these little businesses around his construction business. And, uh, I think I saw that and I think I realized that, you know, um, you just have to do what you have to do sometimes. And I always look at it from that perspective, which is, you know, I, w- I wanted to make sure that I followed my passion. I want to make sure I followed uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say my own beat of my own drum because I, I, I worked at a lot of different places and done a lot of different things, but uh, I really did fall in love with the idea of creating something that was uh, hopefully uh special for young athletes or athletes, uh, cause I, I don't work with just young athletes anymore, but, um, you know, so I, I guess that's probably why I, I like the idea of the challenge every day. It's different, uh, as the businesses have grown, there's different, uh, now challenges for me to, to improve myself. So again, back to, um, you know, my five elements every day, I wake up and think about, uh, how can I improve? And a lot of that is just how do I now improve, communication skills with my, my teammates and, you know, people that I work with, uh, in each of the, uh, businesses. Yeah. So, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, I'm sure doesn't come without its setbacks. What are some of the uh, challenges you've, you've faced as an entrepreneur? Uh, um, <laughs> you name it, they're, they're there, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's kind of like life. You, um, you know, you have your ups and downs and your trials and tribulations. And uh, I, I think, and I think that's what I love about it. I think, you know, and, and we talk um, a lot and we see all of these great uh, business people, leaders, uh, athletes that uh, have made it to the top, if you will. And they didn't make it to the top because they only did the good things, right? They, they had all the bad things uh, happen too. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had more, maybe um, internal drive, maybe uh, focus, maybe whatever it was that just said, Hey, I take the good with the bad. And I think that's, if we live each day with the idea that, you know, you have to love it all um, the good and the bad, I think it it makes it easier to kind of get through those down times. But I mean, I've had, uh, (laughs) you know, I've had construction building our golf performance center, you know, where it is currently uh, where I had a construction guy who, you know, started building our building and it was a, a, a major, you know, uh, mil, you know, million dollar, you know, project mm-hmm. and, you know, walk out and, and actually stiff me on the money. And it was wow. a million dollar loss. And I've had, uh, you know, and, and, and major wins, you know, once it gets done and, you know, things like that. So um, right. you learn from some of those things and, you know, little things, you know, every day you, you, you learn from, you know, Hey, I could have done that better. You know, maybe I put the paper towel rack in the wrong place and, you know, created, created these little things that, uh, you know, from a user experience, you know, uh, uh, standpoint. And we talk a lot about that on, uh, in, in technology, but quite honestly, I think the, the, uh, brick and mortar user experience, uh, is, is just as important, right? I mean, you walk, yeah. you come in, you know, how's the doors open? Do they open? Do, are they open for me? You know, where do I go with my bag? All those, 
all those different things and, you know, how technology works or doesn't work, you know, is all, all a big part of the user experience. So, yeah. So not just myself, but I also have a few other, uh, you know, young entrepreneurs who listen to my podcast. What advice would you give to aspiring young entrepreneurs? Wow. Um, be patient. Uh, I would say it's probably the, the biggest one. Uh, make, make time every day to have good reflection on the day's work. Um, you know, again, uh, that help, that reflection time helps, you know, you know, in the learning process. And I think learning, uh, daily is important. Um, if I, if I say, you know, follow the five elements of success, I think you'll be (laughs) successful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and I, and I say that in, in jest, but I think it, in my heart, I believe that only because, I think it just encompasses so many things, right? It encompasses everything that you have to do, if you will, to be successful, which is you have to wake up every day wanting to grow and, and get better at what you're doing. You you have to make sure that you physically are rested and, and ready for that next day or next challenge. Uh, you have to have good people around you, make sure that you're asking good questions, making sure that you're you know, listening. Um, I, I think one of the things that I did learn when I was young and, and um, you know, much like you said earlier, you, you know, you're cutting grass or, you know, pulling weeds. And as you're starting just anything that you could do, um, you know, same thing. And, and, and just listening to other people's advice and saying, hey, you know, I don't know everything yet. Uh, I'm now 54 and I still feel again every day I'm, I'm learning from my teammates. I'm learning from all the juniors we're coaching. I'm learning from parents. Um, I do a lot of reading. Uh, I try to keep myself current on, uh, you know, current events, but more importantly, just, you know, what it is I need to do to get better. Um, not, not because I want to get better to beat somebody, but I want to get better because I want to be better for myself and for my family and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, more importantly, I, I guess overall, it's just uh, the five elements of success, but really kind of that uh, be patient, be patient with yourself, uh, listen. And I, I think uh, if you do that, you'll, you'll be, you'll be very successful. Yeah, that's some good stuff. So uh, once again, on the Golf Performance Center website, it says you have helped coach PGA, LPGA, NFL, NHL, MLB, and NBA players. Can yeah. you tell me about some of the experiences you've had with some of the the top athletes in the world? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I tell you, that's, uh, uh, that's been really what's been so part, you know, so special about what I'm doing. And, and, and a lot of that too, you know, I, I, I talk about that. I've worked with those players or work with the teams um, because I've worked with great, you know, mentors who, who were um, really kind of the lead coaches there, but then getting to work with the athletes, uh, because of that, um, you know, being able to have that experience really helped me understand that, you know, hey, even the best of the best of the best have bad days. They, they have their their flaws. They have, um, you know, they, they obviously they have their great attributes as well. Uh, but just the amount of hard work that's put in to be the best. Um, and I think as you, as a young entrepreneur and, and those entrepreneurs that are out there trying to, to be what they want to be, I, I think that's what I learned the most really is like how hard it is to be the 1% or how hard it is to sacrifice certain things that you go, well, I want this, but I think the question becomes how much are you willing to sacrifice to have that? And, uh, and that's what I noticed with those top athletes, um, and, uh, and, and I've, you know, kind of on, on top of that, I'll, I'll kind of add that, that, you know, I've gone to, you know, a lot of business seminars and, you know, you know, fortune 200, uh, CEOs, uh, seminars and so forth and listen to them, you know, talk about how they became successful and, and the parallels, um, and the, really the overlap, <laughs> um, their mindset and their ability to become the top CEOs really just matched and mirrored what the best athletes were doing. Uh, so I, I find that just very fascinating. And I think yeah. that's, again, back to the human performance side. Um, I think that's just what's so special about all of us. And everybody has an opportunity uh, for the most part, um, you know, if you allow yourself to have that opportunity. Yeah. 
So coming out of professional baseball, what propelled you into the golf world? Um, selfishly, I just wanted to be a, a professional golfer. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really just was not real, uh, ready to give up that, uh, the idea of being an athlete. Uh, I heard golf was fairly easy. Um, and you know, when I, you know, took it up, I mean, I really went out and the, the first time I played golf, uh, for 18 holes, I, I played in a, an outing and I, I was able to, uh, I think I shot 88 or something. Um, and I just felt like, geez, you know, and I can do something. And, and, you know, I had this, uh, again, there was a coach, uh, Steve Walker, who unfortunately is no longer uh, with us, but, uh, you know, it was just this muni golf course in North Carolina who was like, Hey man, you should, you know, put some time into this and you, you could be really good at it. And, um, I, I just fell in love with that again, that challenge of of hitting the little white ball down the fairway and getting it in the hole least amount of strokes as I could. And and that was really uh that was it. I, I kind of just fell in love with that challenge and uh, and just took off with it. Yeah. So as we mentioned, you describe yourself as a sports performance specialist. What are some things athletes, particularly young athletes, often overlook that are key for peak performance? sleep. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say that's probably the number one thing I, I see with a lot of young athletes, uh, is the, the recovery aspect of it. Um, I think it also is not trying to do everything, um, and giving themselves enough time to really train properly. Um, and I don't really care what sport it is. And, and now our, our, our society has really uh, determined that some, some of these young athletes are playing their sports year round. And, uh, I'm a big believer in kind of mixing it up a little bit. I think if you love it, absolutely do it as much as you possibly can, as long as it's not to a stage where you're, you're doing it because you're for someone else, but you're doing it because you just love doing it. Um, and so I, I really think that, uh, if, you know, you, you really just enjoy doing what you're doing and you want to get better at it. Just keep, you know, going after it, but make sure that you're recovering enough, make sure you're getting good nutrition. Um, you know, just making sure you're learning daily. Yeah. So, uh, we've mentioned it already multiple times, the five elements for success in this podcast. Uh, I was first introduced to it by the, uh, series you did earlier this year through junior golf hub, uh, mm -hmm. that kind of covered the five elements. I, I, I liked it immediately. Um, so let's dive into some of the, the, the five elements for, for golfers specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. So the first one being desire. How can golfers really improve their desire to, to perform? Yeah. Um, I, again, for that on desire, um, it really just boils down to is what do you want? You know, what, what, what do you really want out of this? You know, why are you playing the game? Uh, and I think, um, you know, some people play the game because they, they want to have a low score. Uh, they want to be the number one player in the world someday. They, they want to get college scholarships. I think it really boils down to is your purpose and your why strong enough, uh, to keep the fires burning, if you will. Uh, and that's really ultimately becomes down to, you know, it boils down to desire. How much do you really want it and what are you willing to sacrifice? So I think, uh, I think, you know, the way to kind of improve that is constantly ask yourself, you know, Hey, why am I doing this? Do I, am I willing to put something, you know, on the back burner to keep doing this? And if, and if that's, if you can't answer that, then, then you probably might want to take a step back and, and kind of look at this and say, Hey, is this uh, really what I want to be doing? Because I think uh, if you want to really be successful, you still have to enjoy, you know, the, the not so good stuff about it and the right. good stuff about it. Yeah. So the next, the next key being, uh, physical performance, uh, what should golfers physically be focusing on most to achieve peak performance? Yeah. Um, I, I think again, this is a, another really good one. Um, if you're not assessing yourself physically enough, uh, meaning that, uh, Hey, we all grow at different rates. We all have different, uh, um, kind of learning styles, if you will, but physically, uh, anatomically and neurologically and physiologically, uh, we're all made up slightly different, but pretty close to the same. Uh, but I think if you're not assessing yourself on your, on the quality of your movement, 
uh, you'll find that you're going to have start creating some compensatory movements, uh, which, you know, again, in golf, you know, there's a lot of swing theories out there that say, hey, you should swing the club like this or like that. And the reality is if you can't move well, if you can't, you know, function well, you're you're going to compensate regardless of what the, the philosophy is. So you're only going to do, you're only going to be as, as, uh, as good as your weakest link. So I think it's really important that uh, as you go through this journey of, of wanting to become a better golfer, again, just a better, you know, human performing uh, is making sure that you're assessing yourself physically, you know, constantly uh, and, you know, and, and just basically functional movement, you know, can I squat? Can I do an overhead deep? So can I touch my toes? Can I do an active leg raise? These are all things that are rudimentary movement skills that we should have throughout our lifetime, unless we've had some kind of real physical injury, or maybe we've had, um, you know, maybe we had, uh, you know, a kind of a born uh, deformity or something like that. But the re- relative to our, our natural state or homeostasis, we should be able to move well throughout our lifetime. So that's really important. Yeah. And, you know, my physical journey really within golf started about, uh, I guess, about a year and a half ago when I experienced an injury and going through the different rehab states of that really opened my eyes to how much stretching is important. And would you agree that especially young golfers really overlook the stretching part of golf? Oh, no doubt. Uh, And I, I say this all the time to a lot of parents. Uh, especially in, in conversations or maybe talks that I give. And you've probably heard a little bit on our five elements show. Um, you, you know, I think, you know, parents have this perception that kids are like Gumby and kids are so mobile and so forth. And, and they are to a degree. Uh, but the reality is, is that actually most junior golfers are tighter than they'll ever be uh, while they're going through, um, you know, major growth spurts, you know, so they're going through their growth you know, peak height velocity growth curves, right? So every, you know, so often as you've heard, you know, kind of going through growing pains, well, yeah, um, you know, everybody in, in your bones and your tissue grows at different times. So it takes a lot uh, for the system to kind of continue to kind of regenerate itself in, in a sense of, of being able to, to move well. Uh, but we see so many young players who have hamstring tightness have really separational issues because they're not stable enough to stabilize a lower body to create upper body movement and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's a, um, it's something that you hear a lot. Parents go, Oh, you're, you're so flexible. You're so, well, no, they just compensate. Well, it's really, really important to make sure they have a, a really good kind of uh, systematic way to approach, you know, do I, do I have good muscle length? Do I have good joint movement? Do I have good muscle strength throughout the range of the motion? And that's really key to, to you know, long-term success, short-term success, and and um, and healthy um, healthy lifestyle. Really, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely a testament to the fact that just because you're young doesn't mean you're flexible. You know, about <laughs> a, about a year and a half ago, my TPI assessments went uh, rather poorly. Um, and, and over the year or well, over the past year, it's definitely improved, but it's, yeah. And it's something that can improve. And, and I, I think it's great that you're, you're going through it and uh, you know, it's uh, that's something that you, you, you should do continuously. Uh, you know, we, at the golf performance center, we, we do our, what we call our player development index um, assessments. And uh, we do that. We do full, full assessments. So every part of the game and, you know, physical to golf skill and, and tournament uh, play and all that good stuff four times a year. And then we do uh, what we call a coach guided um, really about every month or so, just because we want to one physically make sure that you're staying on track and two, you're not letting, you know, compensatory movements creep into, into the things that you're doing, because once you do that, then it's uh, it's easy to kind of uh, kind of let it go because you have that, that, that short-term success. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I can't, I don't want to change anything now. This is, this is where I'm at. And if I change it, you know, I'm going to mess myself up. And the reality is is that young players are going to go through a lot of development stages or developmental stages. Um, And it's really uh, important to, you know, to stay consistently, you know, in, in some type of regimen or routine 
or a process that's going to have, you know, the big picture in mind. Yeah. So the next uh, element would be coaching. Um, mm-hmm. How do golfers go about choosing the right golf coach? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great question because I think that's a, it's a really misunderstood thing out there right now. I think, uh, I think interviewing the coach and I think the first, one of the first questions I like to ask the coach is, uh, you know, um, you know, what, what is their overall philosophy, right? And, uh, what, what do they believe in? And, you know, it's, it's very telling sometimes to, to hear what a coach you know, says, uh, well, you know, I, I believe everybody swings differently. Well, okay, that's great. But what does that really mean? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, it, it, what, what it really means is that, you know, I, whatever the flavor is, I'm going to give you and whatever you want, I'm going to give you. And, and then uh, sometimes yeah. it, and then sometimes it's the other, it's the opposite, which is, I don't really care what you can do, but this is my philosophy. So I want you to fit into it. Right. right. So, um, but I think the, the best coaches are the ones who are really there to, that care, uh, and they show you care because they, they want to make sure that they know who you are. And then obviously, you know, do, do a quality assessment, do a quality, have quality questions, quality feedback. Uh, it's a, it's a two-way street. Um, it, they make sure that they honor the individual in front of them and not just themselves. I think a lot of times, you know, um, teachers that are, um, you know, not to call, not to really, you know, bash in, in general generalities, but I think it it is one of those things that we see, you know, a lot of golf professionals, um, you know, listen, they have to make a living and they want to, they want to make sure that uh, they make people feel good about uh, seeing them and and try to help them play the game for sure. Uh, I think one of the tough things though, is when somebody really wants, quality coaching, um, there's, there needs to be a plan in place. There needs to be a, a kind of a, a baseline understanding of where you're starting and then uh, hopefully a projection of where you can go. And I think if you, if you find the right coach, the right uh, program, you'll find that they do that constantly. They do that consistently and they're always following through on that. And I think that's one of the things that uh, is missing in our industry a lot, unfortunately. Um, and I, I found actually, you know, quite interesting. I, I found good coaches um, in other sports, you know, and you see it in other sports uh, in coaching, but in golf, I think we find that uh, if you're not getting teaching or one-on-one lessons, uh, that's that's kind of been, you know, kind of culturally accepted. Uh, I think that's really a, a detriment to to our young players developing because I don't think it's really, you know, um, I don't think it's focused on the individual. I think it's focused on the the teacher or the coach who says, "Hey, come to me and I'll I'll help you get better," but really not have a plan for that. Um, and that's and that's when you you really should ask the right question. So you know, hey, you know, what is your philosophy? What do you have? Do you create plans? Do you stick to those plans? And and what does that long range plan look like for a player? So, and yeah, you've got to get along with them. And and if you don't have a voice in the process. Um, I can tell you that's another, you know, uh, big one that, you know, if you, if you're just constantly saying, okay, well, give me the answers and the coach is giving you the answers without you really having to earn those things. Uh, it's probably just a one-way street and it's really not conducive to a long-term, you know, kind of, you know, planning goal setting and, and achievement. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's what I definitely found over the years. Yeah. So the, the next, the fourth key being uh, psychological. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think junior golfers uh, need mental coaches? Well, I, um, I think it depends. And I'm going to, you know, so this is, this is a really tough one for me. Uh, so, and it's something we talk about a lot at, at the golf performance center. We do have a mental coach for our players. Um, you know, I've invested a, a lot, uh, in making sure that, uh, they are supported. Uh, however, I, th- I think what we find quite often is what our society now has kind of driven a lot of, uh, a lot of things, which is, you know, if it's not given to you, then therefore the expectation is that they should have it. 
um, and, and it's given to them, right? So which creates unrealistic expectations, which then creates a gap between what we call what we call the skill challenge ratio, which is you overestimate your skills and what you have and underestimate the challenge and which is in front of you. And a lot of times that creates a big gap and usually that gap is emotional and it's not necessarily all about the mental lacking. It's just the, the underdevelopment of it. Right. So, so I, I think when, when we talk about mental coaching, I think, you know, you hear quite often and, and, um, you know, kind of really makes me a little upset. Now, I don't think any junior golfer should have a, a, a mental coach that says, hey, I'm here to help you not choke. I'm here to help you not, you know, have bad results. No, that's not what a mental coach really is. It's what we're really, you know, what I really like about having a mental coach for, uh, you know, adolescents, young junior golfers, young adults, even adults for that matter, is is really just having a kind of an unbiased way to kind of you know, talk through your emotions and what are you learning from that? What are you getting from it? How are you experiencing those, those setbacks um, that you can talk to someone besides your golf coach, um, you know, and learning those uh, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, skills that you need um, in life, you know, kind of executive functioning skills, how to make good decisions, how to, you know, comprehend uh, better uh, how to understand, you know, the, the things that are happening. So I think those things are really critical as skills to develop, and which is why we believe in so much having a mental coach. Um, and I also think from a course management strategy, things like that, understanding those things. But I think the, the reality is I think there's a lot, probably too much emphasis put on junior golfers to be treated like adult PGA Tour players who have mental golf coaches, maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, I think that's, I think once your, your mental skills have grown enough, you've grown your frontal, you know, cortex or, you know, frontal lobe has developed up to a point where you do have those executive functioning skills. Um, yeah, of course, I think there's uh, reasons to have maybe a mental coach. Uh, but I think the reality is I think we, you know, parents and junior players tend to over, um, estimate their skills and underestimate the challenge of golf because we're never hitting the same shot twice in the game. Uh, I mean, we may, it may look like it, but the reality is, you know, conditions change, the scenarios change, the uh, emphasis change on, you know, maybe I'm leading the tournament. Maybe I'm last in the tournament. Maybe, you know, that seven iron uphill is similar to another seven iron uphill, but, you know, instead of being downwind now it's into you or across or whatever it is. So we're never really hitting the same shot twice. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we put a lot of emphasis on failure for failure's sake, not failure for learning's sake. And I think that's uh, one of the things that, you know, our mental coach, you know, Dr. Brandt really talks about with our young players. It's like, hey, you're not failing because you're a failure. You're failing because you're learning because you're challenging yourself differently each time. So let's, how do we learn how to deal with that? And I think that's the, that's really the kind of the, uh, the, um, the executive functioning skills, understanding uh, skills that we need as young, young adults uh, more so than, Hey, I need a mental coach because I, I didn't win today and I choked coming down, you know, the stretch. And the reality is you, you've never had a lead in a tournament. You've never right. You know, yeah. you've, you've never had to birdie the last hole before or not uh, bogey the last hole, that kind of thing. So uh, so I, that's kind of how I, 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 you know, look at uh, the mental coaches. Yeah. So do you think great, not not most, but great golf coaches can fill the role, at least to a certain point of both golf coach and mental coach? Um, I, I think they can. I think uh, very I think experienced coaches can. Um, and again, back to the point is there's there will be there will come a point where that golf coach, there's a you know, there's kind of that crossover to, hey, I need to be more of a mental coach here than a golf coach. And and what does that mean? Um, it's not mechanical, it's really not not understanding the situation. It's really how you're handling the situation. And that becomes again, back to emotional. And then I think if a golf coach has a great relationship with his player, uh, he certainly can handle that for the player. But then there's the, there's the underlying other issues that bring that a player might bring to the table that, 
you know, maybe a golf coach isn't, um, you know, skilled enough to handle. Uh, but I think, you know, the really, really good golf coaches know that. And I think they know when to kind of, you know, step aside and let, let a mental coach work and, you know, or step up and say, Hey, this isn't mental. This is just, you're not realizing you didn't have the skill to deal with this. Now let's work on that. Right. So, yeah. So I, I do think that there, there, there is a lot of crossover and I know, you know, in, in my businesses and what I do with our, our team, uh, our, our coaches and our players, you know, um, myself and, and Dennis Hillman, who's our director of coaching. Um, and, you know, we definitely deal with that quite a bit. And we both have good experiences as players who played at, at decent levels. Dennis was uh, uh, a great collegiate player and, you know, last junior to beat Tiger Woods, right? So he's one of these. Um, so he knows how to handle certain things and situations uh, a little differently than I do when it comes to those things. But at the same time, me in a different sport uh, and him being in golf, I think we bring a lot to the table when it comes to, you know, dealing with the, uh, the mental issues of, of uh, trying to acquire skill at a, at a level that uh, you, you want to try to achieve, you know, collegiate level or beyond. Yeah. So I want to touch a little bit on two things that have helped my mental game just this past year and both, you know, started with a conversation with my coach and recommended uh, both of these people who have, helped me with it have been on my podcast so if you're listening go listen to these episodes but um are you familiar roger with scott fawcett yeah absolutely that's some great stuff so uh, i was introduced to decade by my golf coach at the beginning of this year and that completely revolutionized the way i uh i look at golf just the way it's played and everything about it um Mm -hmm. just because you know especially incorporating the expectation management because (laughs) in the past i've been known to uh you know, place unrealistic expectations on myself. We'll put it that way. Um, and realizing, you know, from, uh, 165 yards in the fairway, the PGA tour only averages, like, I think it's right around 28 feet proximity. Mm -hmm. So you hit one to 30 feet, you're two feet worse than the tour player. So realizing that has helped me. And then are you familiar with, uh, Steven Yellen and the fluid motion factor? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I read his book, which is a rather new book because it's directly for golf. The mm-hmm. uh, it's Simplicity by Golf or for golf, um, and I read that book, and that was that was a big deal. And I had him on the podcast, and we had some good conversations. But definitely, if you're listening and want to improve your mental game, go check those two out. Um, they definitely have revolutionized my mental game for this year. Yeah, that's a fantastic. Both of those are really good, and. Uh, and, and I think what you, you what you just said, uh, Carter, is so so true. Is that how you temper your expectations? And and we do a lot of um, you know as, as Scott has done, and, and for decade, and, and looking at all the numbers and understanding, you know um, what that what that's all about. And it's really percentage game, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really understanding if you know where your skills are, i.e., if you're assessing well enough. You know, one of the things we do with our player development index, if you're assessing your skills well enough, you know the likelihood of you hitting a shot within a certain range or a certain target area. And I think, you know, Scott points out quite, you know, really well, if you just play percentages, you know, you'll, you know, kind of, you know, shave off, you know, strokes, you know, ridiculously fast. Right. So, uh, but I, and I think, but I think it's also starts with, do you know your skills, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, right. I think when when players get uh, assessed enough, uh, or you know, again, not based on score, but based on how their skill acquisition is, right? Can I can I control my golf ball, right? I mean, because I you know I I say this quite a lot uh, at the academy, and it's like you know, golf is a game of getting the ball in the hole least amount of strokes possible. It's not a game of pictures. It's not you know, how's it look? How's my golf swing? Cause you know, as you, as you're probably learning and know um, it's not about how great your golf swing is. It's just, it really is. How do you control the golf ball to get it in the hole? And you learn that by controlling the golf ball, right? You do that by controlling the golf ball, control club phase, control path. And all of those are skill acquisition things, right? So it's how do I do that, those things. And if you approach it that way, it really becomes uh you start to realize that, wow, man, I'm focusing on one aspect of the game so much that I'm actually 
you know, when I'm saying yes to those things, I'm saying no to the, the, the real things that matter, right? That's, and I just got to get it out there in this area. You know, I just got to get it here. Um, and as you get older, get better, learn, uh, you know, more about those things, you, you will improve over time. I just think we, I think young players tend to want to have it now mm-hmm. and have, you know, have the perfect, you know, Adam Scott swing or have the, you know, whatever philosophy swing out there that was guaranteed to create results. Well, it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, I think we just have to learn what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a hard thing to learn, especially for, for people like myself. And even now I battle with it. it for, for instance, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll go to the range and I'll slightly barely miss hit a shot and it goes like three yards short of what it's supposed to. And I feel like I need to stay on the range rather than go practice putting where statistically <laughs> my putting is terrible right now. So right. <laughs> little things like that, they're, they're, they're so hard, but they're, they're so true. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So the fifth element is equipment. And I don't think, I mean, especially if they're listening to the podcast, they already know they need to get fit. But what my question is, is what's the difference in, you know, a a good, good fitter and a great fitter in golf? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I I tell you, um, I'll I'll tell you firsthand just for for us uh, is, again, back to function dictates form. If we know more about the player than they know themselves, it's much easier to kind of then you know, fit them for, you know, their golf equipment or their equipment. Um, and I, and I think it's, it, it really is, is as simple as that. Um, and it's also, again, how do you, how do you manage the player's expectation? How do you know when the player is actually at a peak, uh, or valley, uh, in their development? And I think knowing those things and not just doing it based on, Hey, uh, I'm going to fit you for the most ex- most expensive thing, or I'm going to fit you for what's popular out there. You got to really kind of look at it and almost unbiased and saying, "Hey, I, I want to make sure that I get the equipment in your hands to help you perform your best." Period. Whatever that is. Um, and I know you know I've got a, a you know great uh, club fitter in Gabe Carr Harris uh, at, at the Custom Clubs, and you know. Uh, he's, he's really phenomenal at that, right? He, he kind of just, you know, breaks mm-hmm. it down to, I'm not worried about what equipment it is. I don't care what the name brand is. I want to make sure that you get the clubs that's going to fit you the best based on what I know about you. So, you know, starting with a good interview, starting with a good physical assessment, knowing what you can and can't do is going to help a lot. Um, and then what is your potential for development? Are you developing? Are you in a plan for development? Are you just you know, seeking the the quick fix of, Hey, the driver's going to give me 20 more yards. Well, um, you know, we've done a, I did a study a few years ago that uh, new equipment, new driver, regardless of what the ads say, um, net net, it's about, you know, plus or minus three yards for pretty much anyone. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, unfortunate, you know, for, for most, because they, they've been sold on the fact that they can get, you know, X, Y, Z company driver, and it's going to add 20 yards. Right. Right. Uh, and, and the reality of that is, is that, you know, maybe the shiny toy does that for a day or two, but after that um, I've seen over time, it's a net, you know, plus or minus three yards for any, and across the board. So it really is very interesting. Yeah. And definitely, I, I think it's just knowing the player, knowing what their, their overall goals are, knowing the peaks and valley of where they are developmentally uh, and but having a really good process to do that and doing it consistently well, that's where I see the best club fitters. Uh, it's not it's not all about the bells and whistles. It's not all about the the uh, hey, it's this equipment manufacturer or that one. It's it's really what's best for you, right? Uh, you know, yeah. So I mean, I have last winter I got fit for the first time by somebody who was like who is actually a fitter. Uh, the clubs before that had been fit in like a golf galaxy or something. Mm-hmm. And the results my game saw were out like incredible. It's incredible how much equipment plays into how you play. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, you know, use the analogy all the time. I mean, you want to be a carpenter and if you, you've got, uh, 
if you've got a slipper trying to nail, uh, you know, hammer nails into the, into the boards, I'm sorry, it's not going to work too well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you got to have a hammer if you want to do it right. And uh, so I think it's, it's so important to have the right equipment uh, and, and all aspects of it. You know, we, we do, you know, all the way down to fitting the golf ball, to fitting the shoes, to understanding how, how important that is to the right club. Uh, I'm sorry, the right uh, glove uh, to, to the right socks. Right. Wow. Wow. And that's one of the things that, you know, you, you, you read, um, you know, as, as John Wooden would say, is like, uh, you know, every year, regardless of the year, regardless of the season, regardless how good the players are, he starts every year of his coaching, his coaching life was showing, you know, kids at the, you know, UCLA, how to put their socks and shoes on, you know, um, yeah. that's how, that's how important equipment is because, you know, you think about it and he's right. Because if you, if you have socks that don't necessarily fit your feet, which then make your shoes not fit, then make your shoes, you know, move around your feet, move around in your shoes and you create blisters. Guess what? You're not going to be on the court very long. Right. You know? So I think people don't realize how important that is. Uh, to get all of those little things right. And, um, you know, and I forget now what book it was in, but they talk about, you know, these super athletes, you know, doing everything down to straining the pasta, right? Straining the spaghetti to kind of, you know, get out all the little, you know, starches that they, they, they know that will create some issues when it comes to, uh, you know, a cyclist, right? You know, he's got to right. go through the, you know, um, Tour de France, and he's got to, he's got to have his best stuff every single ride. Uh, it goes down to straining spaghetti, right? So, and that that's really how important it is. Yeah. So we've you've touched on it multiple times uh, already in this episode, but the Golf Performance Center. You started it in two thousand six. Um, tell me a little bit about what the Golf Performance Center is, what you do, and why you started it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll say in, in short, uh, um, it, it's a center of excellence. You know, the idea is that uh, all the five elements are there. We incorporate everything that we just uh, discussed when it comes to the five elements of success. Um, we want to make sure that every player who comes in or every athlete that comes in, uh, that they are assessed from uh, baseline to, you know, creating and getting a plan that's going to help them reach their goals. So, um, you know, it was, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, for me, uh, starting it was, you know, seeking knowledge, uh, curiosity of what, what to do. And, uh, I just knew that, uh, if I kind of created an environment or a culture of development, uh, then we would, you know, continue to have these young athletes coming through and developing and, and lo and behold, that's what's happened. And I think we, we've created a really cool culture there of, you know, development, you know, the growth mindset, the, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do everything possible to help, uh, um, you know, to, to get better. And when you have everything in one place, it just makes it that much easier. Right. I know there's a lot of places, a lot of coaches, a lot of facilities out there that talk about the golf swing, or they talk about, Hey, I'm a physical therapist and I'm a mental coach and you got to drive around town to, to see all of these people. Um, you know, the reality, you know, the reality is it becomes inefficient at some point because the coaches aren't talking to each other. They're not really, you know, connected, you know, well. And, you know, so the idea was to put the, all of that under one roof, all the coaches having the synergy to work together towards the common goal of the athlete, which is whatever their goals are. So the goal is to play, be the best player in the world. Okay. We're going to, we're going to create a plan you know, holistically to help you get there. And, you know, so over the years, that's, uh, it's proven to, to work well. And, you know, we've had, you know, uh, multiple success stories with, you know, kids, you know, either winning on the nationwide tour or getting their tour cards or winning on the senior tour, um, you know, in Europe in different places. So it, it really, uh, it's been uh, one of those things where I, I, I think you, you build it, they will come. And I think recently we just watched the game. I don't know if you saw that or not, but the uh, Field of Dream games, I thought it was pretty f- phenomenal. You know, you build a Field of Dreams, you know, and the, and they will come, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and that's the idea of the Golf Performance Center is trying to 
is to realistically putting the elements in one place so that the, the young athletes and parents can go in one place and have a trusted, you know, resource to, to help them understand and, and, and measure these things. So the idea is which you can measure, you can improve. And if you don't have that, then you're just guessing at it. So um, that's kind of the, the, the idea behind the golf performance center. Yeah. So for those who don't know, where is the golf performance center located? Yeah, we're located right now, uh, one location in Ridgefield, Connecticut, uh, right in Fairfield County and, uh, uh, pretty, pretty cool spot. So, uh, hopefully you, the audience will come and check it out. So moving into, uh, junior golf hub, um, of course, last season, very end of last season, we had Rick Dowling on to talk a little bit more specifically about what junior golf hub is, but for those people who didn't listen to that episode, uh, tell everyone quickly, or yeah, a little bit about what Junior Golf Hub is. Yeah, the the Junior Golf Hub is really the extension of the Golf Performance Center, and and what I've learned uh, through the years uh, from the parents and, and, like I said, traveling to these tournaments. Uh, it's really a um, a trusted resource. Uh, it's an educational platform to be able to help you know parents, you know, junior golfers, and college coaches understand. Uh, development and the, the collegiate pathway, um, you know, just listening and hearing all the stories over the years of, you know, not knowing where to start, not knowing how to get recruited, not knowing, you know, how to connect to a co- college coach in that process, uh, what to do with the NCA, you know, clearing house, those kind of things. Uh, we, we just try to make sure that we put it all in one place, you know, and, uh, you know, for years I sat, you know, on the phone or across the desk from so many you know, players, thousands of players and parents uh, over the years of, you know, answering the same question. So I thought, you know, what better way than than to try to take what we've learned uh, over the years and, and just put it, uh, you know, in a platform. And uh, so spawned the Junior Golf Hub. And, you know, as we're, you know, continuing to grow, um, you know, the idea is to grow more on the uh, player development side and getting more people understanding player development and the long-term process uh in which you know it takes to to maybe reach some of the lofty goals of you know aspiring uh junior golfer or playing collegiate golf you know as we as you know and, and you probably heard and you know as you you know had probably guessed on that you, know, you had the, the pj tour guest on you know how tough it is i mean it's a, it's such a small uh segment of the population that uh, can achieve uh you know such a lofty goal of playing collegiate golf and, and beyond mm-hmm. uh, but there is a way, right? I mean, there, there's yeah. a proven, there's a proven way and there's uh, you just need to know what that is. And I think if you can replicate that over time uh, I think you'll have more success. So I, I think that's the whole idea of having a process in place. And, you know, so that's why I wanted to create the junior golf hub was to help, you know, educate the parents and those junior golfers of, you know, Hey, there is a process, there is a way, um, you know, to, to get recognized, to, to, to reach those lofty goals or, you know, that you aspire to have. And, and so that's what it was created for. So it's really an educational platform and, uh, to help them, uh, understand what that process looks like. Yeah. So what are some of the specific features, uh, it offers to golfers wanting to play college golf? Yeah. So I, I think the, the first and foremost is, um, is, is really that the, the education, right? So if you, if you were able to go into, um, uh, our, our library there of, of knowledge, you, you will find you know, pretty much, you can answer uh, all the, all the questions, right. And there's a checklist of what to do at, it, at each level, uh, you know, kind of the essential guide there. So you can, you know, can go through that. Uh, and then it's also understanding where you are from a tournament uh, playing standpoint, you know, what tournaments to play in, why you might want to play in them, uh, why it's important to play in certain levels of the tournaments. You know, so we you know, broken it down to, you know, understanding like what we call level one, level two and level three tournaments, you know, from local to regional to the national, international or, or invitationals and how important it is to, you know, put yourself and set yourself up for success, not, you know, failure or, or, or overreaching as we would call it. Um, and I think, uh, there's this, uh, resounding kind of effort right now to, to go out there and playing events that are just beyond your skill sets. Uh, I think you have to grow into, you know, the, 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 uh, the process, if you will, I think earn your way up, you know, into those level three events, uh, you know, aspire to that. 
Uh, I think it's okay. Um, you know, uh, so I think that's really, you know, cool. I think another feature that's really cool is uh, being able to do a self-assessment there now, uh, just kind of understanding, you know, kind of what we call the grit scale. And, um, you know, do you have the grittiness? Do you have the ability to kind of, you know, get through the tough things and, and, and be there? So I think that's big. That's a part one of our player development index assessment. Uh, doing a self-assessment is great. Um, being able to, you know, search colleges, uh, find schools that are good fits for you from whether it's from a great, you know, GPA, whether it's from SAT scores, whether it's from being in the top five, you know, uh, scoring, uh, meaning that, yeah, you can look at the, you know, the top score of the team, or you can look at the fifth score, you know, of the team, do you fit in, you know, kind of understanding what that is for the college programs. Um, you know, just searching all over the country for events, uh, having a tournament calendar or schedule all in one place. So, you know, creating a, a player profile, for example, uh, w- which is really kind of the basis to it all is having a, a player profile to put all your stuff when it comes to your your golf and, and being able to house it somewhere that uh, a college coach can see uh, and that you can see and your and your coach can see it, meaning that, you know, maybe your PGA coach or your your swing coach or your physical coach or mental coach can see all the things that you're doing uh, in one place. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really the kind of nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. Anytime people ask me what junior golf hub is, I always describe it as a LinkedIn for golfers and golf coaches. Yeah, no, that's uh, that was part of the uh, inspiration there. You know, I, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I, I looked at LinkedIn. I looked, I did so much research on different uh, sites out there. I mean, between LinkedIn and uh, Match.com, you know, it was, yeah. uh, you know, it was kind of those kind of things. It's like, hey, you know, what, what are, you know, from LinkedIn, you know, what are businesses looking for? Where well, they're looking for good quality employees, and employees are looking for good quality businesses, and that's what really what college is all about, right? You know, college is the business, and um, you know, parents and 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 young players, you know, just. You know, surprisingly, um, one of the things I found a few years back, I uh, did a little survey with the parents. Surprisingly, I only found I found out that uh, most people don't know more than 25 schools. Uh, when you when you think about, you know, uh, huh. college schools and most people don't really, you know, they'll look them up and they'll kind of start to go through. And they kind of go, well, I, I tap out about 25, 30 schools. Uh, but on average, most, you know, they, they, they kind of know, but they don't really know. Yeah. And uh, so what's which was kind of surprising. So, you know, we we recommend, you know, a lot of time with our parents and our players to as a freshman, even even as uh maybe even as an eighth grader starting to do the research and start to, you know, you know, peel layers out, you know, kind of go beyond what you think and start learning. So that's what you know, this tool, you know, the junior, you know, the junior golf hub tool really uh, allows as you can you can just Search by region, search by division, division one, division two, division three, whether it's JUCO or, um, you know, so you can see all of these things, you know, men and women team programs. So it really has been, uh, it's been fun to kind of develop and see, um, you know, kind of uh, starting to to become, you know, a, a great community out there. Yeah. So in just a few days, I know Junior Golf Hub is coming out with some new features. Can you tell everybody a little bit about those? Uh, well, you know, I, <laughs> I wish I could, no, no, I'm just kidding. Not, not top, <laughs> not top secret, but you know, we, you know, it just, you know, some of the features just improving, you know, the idea when you're signing up and well, us being able to have some AI there to kind of improve the search process uh, for players, you know, recommendations, things like that for tournaments or, you know, based on, uh, based on your self-assessment, based on things we learned from you. Uh, from an AI perspective, you know, being able to give you uh, school recommendations uh, just based on the, you know, again, the, the information we, we, we gather from the, the, the athlete. Um, uh, really, really cool. And in my mind, I think that's, a really, you know, a great asset to kind of get, get started on it, you know, and, and because you, you don't know, sometimes you just don't have a clue what, what, what's available to you uh, and what's out there. And, you know, in colleges, college coaches that will, you know, get the notifications uh, for that as well. So, Hey, this kid, you know, was, uh, um, you know, was a good fit for your, your program. It looks like. So all of those things are, are really cool. And that's, uh, that's something that's, uh, you know, going to be 
available. Uh, really, I think it's September one. I think uh, is going to be um, ready to go. Awesome. So, for people interested in Junior Golf Hub, where can they find out more about it? Uh, find out more about it at JuniorGolfHub.com. Uh, really uh, check it out. I think you'll be uh, you'll you'll really like that community and and like what's going on there and uh, and really you know dive into it. You know, it's a, it's, it's a really cool community to help you uh, learn more about uh, maybe that, uh, that college experience you're looking for. Yeah. So coming close to the end of this episode, uh, what is one tip you would give to, to all junior golfers? One tip to all junior golfers, know thyself. Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, the, the better you know yourself um, throughout, um, the, the easier you're you – know, I, actually, I don't want to say easier. The, the more clarity you will have uh, in your journey. And, uh, again, I would say just be patient. Yeah. And then one question I ask all my guests on here because I enjoy to read and I think books are uh, some of the best ways you can get mm-hmm. – great information. What are three books you recommend everyone read? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, uh, let's see here. I had a feeling you might ask that question. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say start with why that's one. Uh, Simon Sinek is, uh, I, I think a pretty, uh, a good, good author and a good research guy, but I'd say start with why that may be one. The other one is uh, Ego is the Enemy uh, by Ryan Holiday. And I would say Range uh, is probably another one. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check all those out. I'm, I'm a Ryan Holiday fan. I've not read that one, but I'm a big fan of Obstacle is the Way. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, big, big stoicism. Um, but yeah, David Epstein and Range, you know, he's uh, he's done some really good stuff and uh, and I, I think it's it's very fitting uh, for the audience, for the junior golfers and, and parents even to understand, you know, that, uh, you know, development and, you know, uh, taking time and, and, and maybe there's some um, extended time needed for certain, you know, some players, some athletes, some people. Uh, I think we, we have to understand that everybody develops and grows differently and uh, and we all have our 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 own geniuses, if you will, and, uh, uh, and, and understanding what that looks like and development looks like. And I think that's, is really laid out quite well in that, in that book. Yeah. For, for the books I recommend for three, I've, I've kind of expanded it to four recently with the obstacles of the way, but I always recommend outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. uh, the dip by Seth Godin and grit by Angela Duckworth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I give, I give the grit out to all of our students. Uh, we're actually, that's a big part of where we got the, um, I worked with her on doing the grid scale uh, on our site. So when there's self-assessment, that's a, that's really where that comes from. And uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Roger, I can't thank, thank you enough for joining me today. Uh, it's a fantastic episode. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, the golf performance center.com. Uh, that's it. I mean, I, I want it to be more about them and not about me, but, uh, you know, Carter, thank you. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure and 